0: Thank you. Welcome, dear friends, to a very special edition of the Manhood Hour. We're going to spread our wings today. We're going to open the aperture beyond just focusing on the guests in studio, their understanding of uh, what it means to be a man and where they learnt those values from and who they learnt them from. We're going to talk about those values in the broader historic context, especially when it comes to the founding of our republic and maybe even connect it to... um, Is it a constitutional crisis? Well, what's happening on the southern border, we have more than two dozen governors standing with the Lone Star State that was, in fact, its own nation for a decade in the 19th century. No one better to discuss it than a man who has written a seminal new work a work that um, I just give as gifts to my friends because it's so important. It is Freedom, the Enduring Importance of the American Revolution, a beautifully produced and a beautifully written book by none other than Professor Jack Warren, Jr. (laughs) Professor, welcome in studio.
1: Thank you for having me, Sebastian.
0: Now, I'm going to ask the boring and rude question at the beginning so we can get that out of the way. What's
1: the boring and rude question?
0: Why another book on American history? Tell us what's special about freedom.
1: Well, there are dozens of books about the American Revolution. Why do you need a new, 470-page, uh, beautifully
0: illustrated, beautifully illustrated? This, this, I, I'm handsome. not. Let, let, listen, I have no commission here. Yes, my wife recommended the book to me. This is one of the most beautifully executed, visually executed books I've seen. I mean, forget historic books, just books per se.
1: It's beautiful. Well, we tried to make it so. Um, but beyond ma- producing a beautiful book, we need a new history of the American Revolution to remind Americans why the American Revolution matters and to enrich their understanding of the revolution. It, it, it really is the great American epic. And you know, that bears repeating because the revolution was a long time ago. Uh, and, you know, and, and it's easy to discount, you know, that they, they, people look different than us. They talk different. You know, men who wear powder in their hair and uh, <laughs> knee breeches, they, they, they don't resonate so much with people today. And, of course, they're portraits, they're all painted when they were old men. Uh, and we forget that the revolution was fought and led by young men. Uh, the average soldier, 16, 17 years old. George Washington, when he took command of the Continental Army, was 42 years old uh, and in his prime. Uh, great dancer, great horseback rider, great athlete. Um, these are exciting people um, engaged in a desperate struggle. And it's, it's, it's a great, epic story that all Americans should embrace, all Americans.
0: All right. Uh, I, w- I could discuss this for hours. I think uh, we had dinner at my home a few weeks ago or a, couple, a month or two ago. And uh, into the wee hours, we were discussing the theses of the book, how much is misunderstood about that event uh, with Rich Minitor over cigars. And uh, it lasted a, a quite, quite a while. But we'll try and condense it for the three and a half million Americans who are listening across the nation today. So let's start with... What do people get most wrong about the revolution?
1: Well, today, the misinformation that the revolution is the source of oppression and injustice in American life. Right. I mean, this has been promoted by the... The Hannah Nicole
0: Jones. Right,
1: right. By, uh, you know, frankly, it's being promoted by far left race hustlers and grifters who want us to despise and disparage our country. Uh, so that it, it's, our government can be replaced by one more to their liking. Um, they're not worthy of debate or discussion, except for we live in difficult times when they've got platforms and they are articulating ideas. Candidly, you know, the ideas that Nicole Hannah-Jones presented in the 1619 Project are, they weren't even original. They've been kicking around since the early 1970s, at least, uh, in Marxist literature, primarily. And the
0: argument that America was founded on racism, basically.
1: Yeah, and her core argument about the American Revolution, that the American Continental Congress declared independence to separate America and American slaveholders from the threat posed by British abolitionism. This argument is so specious and nonsensical on so many levels that that serious people shouldn't bother to discuss it, except except it is winning too many converts. The silliness, number one, there was no abolitionist movement in Britain in 1776. The abolitionist movement in Britain, which led in 1834 to the abolition of slavery in the British Empire, was inspired by what? By the American Revolution, which ignited an anti-slavery movement on both sides of the Atlantic Ocean. The American Revolution was responsible for the first laws abolishing slavery ever passed anywhere in the world. Pennsylvania statute of 1780, which abolished slavery, Uh, and the American Revolution's idealism set in train the process of reform, which led to the empowerment of women, of all kinds of ordinary people, the extension of the vote, and the abolition of slavery, yes, through a long and painful process, but understand, before the American Revolution, and this goes to the heart of what my book is about, before the American Revolution, no one on earth, in any meaningful way, what way that it means meaningful to us, was free. Free, yeah. Right. Rousseau said it. Mankind was born to be free, but everywhere he is in chains, everyone in the middle of the 18th century was the subject. There were no citizens.
0: And, and the sovereignty belonged to some... Monarch. God, you know, blessed king, some dynasty, some exactly. elite. The idea that the people are sovereign is what made America unique.
1: Right, and that idea had been kicking around among coffeehouse philosophers and radicals in Europe for over a century, but the American revolutionaries were the first people to use those ideals, the ideals of universal equality, of liberty, of personal independence, of natural and civil rights, and responsible citizenship as the basis of a new kind of social organization, which is what the United States is. I mean, that's it. It's a watershed in human history and to disparage it, to denigrate it, to suggest that it's a source of oppression when it is, in fact, the source of freedom in the modern world is lunacy.
2: Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available
1: in all states.
0: And before we get to the 1619 project, the, the other version of events, the the oversimplification, the misrepresentation that it's about taxation, unfair taxation, tea imports, where does that
1: all come from? All of that plays in. I mean, that's the, the, that is the radical opposition to increased British imperial regulation in the aftermath of the French and Indian War between 1763 and 1775. Americans weren't just revolting against taxes. In fact, the taxes were modest, and they knew it. Those taxes were far lower than anyone in Europe was paying at the time, but they weren't represented in the British legislature. It was
0: the manner of their imposition.
1: Yes, and, and if they accepted them, the, it would continue on and on and on. And that actually was a reasonable fear. I mean, all you have to do is take a look at, say, British <laughs> right. government of Ireland, right. which was essentially a British colony, uh, to see what's possible. In the imposition uh, on natural rights and civil liberties under uh, British rule.
0: We're talking to the author of a fabulous new book. I tell everyone I meet to get this work. It is Freedom, the Enduring Importance of the American Revolution. Uh, Professor Jack D. Warren, Jr. is the author. Please Order it right now. Check out the website, AmericanIdeal.org. If you enjoy these long-form discussions, it's such a luxury, usually... This is just late night radio at 11 p.m. at night. No, here we dedicate a third of our show to these discussions with the true experts like Professor Warren, with the real newsmakers. Never miss an episode. Make sure you are subscribed on the podcast platform of your choice to America First, including the Manhood Hour. I, I don't care whether it's the Salem Network. Apple Podcast, Stitcher, or Spotify, just plug in my name, Sebastian Gorka, <clears throat> America First, uh, leave us a five-star review, and share the links with your friends. And if you understand what has happened in just the last week in America, if you understand what has happened in the last three years in America, then please support my former boss, the 45th President of the United States. We need prosperity, we need safety, we need security back, we need... Patriotism in the Oval Office, the latest item we have where you can express your understanding of the stakes involved and why we need 45 to come, 47, God willing, it's up to us, is the T-shirt with the simple phrase, Donald Trump did nothing wrong. Get yours today along with the 2024 Retribution t-shirt, the I Stand with 45 flag, and all of my works, all three of my books, the one that propelled me to the White House, Defeating Jihad, Why We Fight, the one I wrote after I left the administration, and the most recent and sadly still relevant, The War for America's Soul. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First One on One. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and which to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because... Tax Network USA learned of a special limited IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. Schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited-time IRS penalty-cancelling offer. Call 1-800-245-6000, 1-800-245-6000, or visit TNUSA.com slash gorka. If you enjoy... The Manhood Hour, if you enjoy three hours of radio every single day, but it just leaves you wanting more, then I have the answer for you. Over the July 4th weekend, we will be traveling to Alaska, It's the Patriots Alaska Cruise. If you missed our trip to the Holy Land a year ago with 350 of our dearest listeners, join us for the trip of a lifetime. I am so excited. I've never been to Alaska. I've never even been on a cruise. I'll be taking my muse Katie. We'll be joined by our West Coast Warrior Princess Jennifer Horn, our morning colleague Mike Gallagher and Chris DeGaulle out of Philadelphia. Join us along with fellow Patriots who love this nation. We'll have discussions about what has happened to the nation in the last three years and what it will take to wrest it back from those who wish to destroy it. June 29th to July 6th. Register today. Book your cabin, check out the amazing itinerary at sebgorka.com. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A, sebgorka.com and the Patriots Alaska cruise. Don't wait. Do it today. Uh, Professor, let's let's talk about these men. It is the manhood hour. Is there something uniquely different about them that they could write this declaration, that they could write this constitution eventually, that they could write this Bill of Rights? Or is it the context? Is it this tabula rasa of this continent-sized proto-nation? Or is it the context of the withering or the challenging of the, the you know, raison d'etat, the, the l'état c'est moi concept, that the God is king is collapsing. Why, why, are we, why do we hail these people as geniuses? What's special about them? Can you explain?
1: That's tough to do. Um,
0: the, but if anybody can, maybe, I'm asking
1: you. Maybe. The, American, the leaders of the American revolutionary generation... Are without question some of the luminaries of American history: Washington, Jefferson, Adams, Madison. Uh, these are these are giants of modern political thought and modern political action and modern idealism. Um,
0: An unusual combination of philosopher and actor or, or political agent at the same right, time.
1: Right. They combined in a you know, in a unique kind of way: uh, phil- philosophy and action in a way that is almost unimaginable today. Um, They came out of an 18th century Enlightenment context in which landed gentlemen, and and Washington, Jefferson, Madison, were landed gentlemen, uh, cultivated literature and idealism in a way that, uh, and they had the leisure to do it. And they believed, in the 18th century, a common belief throughout the Anglo-American world, that leadership... Flowed naturally from social position. That is, it was the responsibility of wealthy men. a so the
0: noblesse bleach concept.
1: Well, yes, but that it is an obligation of wealth. Yes, um, to provide public leadership. Uh, an idea which, in fact, democracy as it developed, uh, washed entirely away.
0: Explain that sentence. That's we,
1: fascinating. You know, think about. I mean. In other words, the, the, the revolution which began, which was led by uh, America's leading gentlemen, people had an enormous amount at risk. You know, these weren't urban Their lives, streets, their treasure, street, rather, their sacred honor. Everything. Right. Uh, at, they put at risk. I mean, Washington was one of the, in the top 2 or 3 percent of wealth in Virginia. He had everything to lose from the American Revolution. And the same is true of most of the other leading Virginia, Carolina, North Carolina revolutionaries, Adams and others in, in New England were much the same. They weren't, you know, super wealthy merchants. Hancock was, others were, um, and these people had an enormous amount at risk in the revolution. But they believed that that kind of principled of leadership was something that they were that they were responsible for. They created a republic. You know, they were as close to being aristocrats as America ever had. Yes. Uh, but of course they weren't. Right. They were landed gentlemen. But they weren't free of the taint of trade in the uh, traditional philosophical sense. They, they, were, uh, they re- relied on the profits of their farms and of their mercantile activities. Um, they were hip deep in commerce.
0: Yeah, they were businessmen
1: as well. Right, and they, so they weren't truly disinterested in the way 18th century people used the sense of disinterest. Um, in, in, in British political theory... A landed gentleman can provide leadership because he is so wealthy mm-hmm. and he relies on income from rents, which will be constant. Never handles and cash, bags.
0: never runs.
1: So it doesn't matter. He can, he can be truly disinterested. He can, he can have the public good in mind because his good is taken care of. And this certainly wasn't necessarily true in America. I mean, these men were hit deep in, in, in commercial life. But they believed in that ideal, that ideal that men of wealth and substance owed the public leadership. Um, But they created a republic with democratic institutions, uh, with legislature, which was the predominant branch of government, in the new federal government, uh, elected by the people. And very quickly, the people began electing men who were not like them. Uh, by the early 19th century a whole class of professional politicians mm. people who had no other uh source of income than office holding yeah. and democratic society as as it as we have come to live it came into existence now that democracy gave us some brilliant people it gave us Walt Whitman it gave us Abraham Lincoln who would have withered in obscurity if it weren't for the growth of american democratic institutions. Uh, But we lost something, too. We lost that idea of philosopher leaders. We will never again see the likes of Jefferson or Madison or John Adams in public life.
0: I have so many questions to ask you. Um, Is it an oversimplification to say that what you're describing is the tension between being the first really successful republic and this concept of democracy. Is there a tension
2: there?
1: Well, there is. Uh, understand that, I mean, we often, and, and when we discuss this period, we discuss political philosophy, we often contrast republicanism and democracy. That's a false thing to do. A republic, in the classical sense, in the in the honest sense, is a form of government dedicated to the interests of ordinary people, of everyone. Mm. How it resolves its Issues, how it resolves disputes, is an entirely separate question. Our republic is led, is is not a we're not a pure democracy. We have a, we have democratically elected leaders, but we expect our legislatures to do some things, our appointed judges to do others, our executives to do still others. And while all of them are ultimately accountable to the people, that's a basic republican idea. They aren't necessarily responsive. They're not. They're not democratic. They, they may be democratically chosen, but they're filtered. And that was one of the ideas of the founders, right? Is the, the filtration of talent. Uh, so that originally, for example, state legislatures were to elect members of the United States Senate, typically from among their own members or retiring governors and so forth. Um, and but so th- this idea, common to our Constitution, of the filtration of talent, so there's only one truly democratic portion. Of the American government under the U.S. Constitution, that is the House of Representatives. Yeah. Uh, is is it, 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 we balance democracy? Democracy is a way of resolving problems.
0: It's a me- mechanism,
1: right? And at its worst, democracy. There's an old cliche. You know, democracy is <laughs> is two wolves and a sheep having a vote about what to have for dinner.
0: Right. Or as uh, Churchill said, the worst ever system known to man, except for all the
1: others. Exactly. So, but there's an important thing I want you and everyone else to understand about the American Revolution. At its core, it's about freedom. It's not about government. Mm. Government is to get out of the way. The revolutionary generation distrusted government. They wanted a government in which they could be proud, but they wanted a small government, a limited government. And they they created them. Over time, we have created this gargantuan system, which is very difficult uh, to maintain accountability in. The
0: book, you have to read it, get copies for your loved ones, your family members, is Freedom, the Enduring Importance of the American Revolution, written by our in-studio guest, Professor Jack D. Warren, Jr. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First, one-on-one. Did you know that 84% of New Year's resolutions fail in the first six weeks? that's got me thinking about phd weight loss and nutrition and why it was a success for me why i haven't gained one pound of my 42 pound weight loss back why, Jeff, my producer, decided to start the program. Most people blame their failure on a lack of time, motivation, and a loss of zeal. PhD makes it simple. It doesn't take a lot of extra time. They are masters of motivation. You have a team of coaches by your side the whole time, and you don't lose your zeal because every week you make great strides, so you stay excited. Do something different this year and call PhD Weight Loss and Nutrition, 864 1900 to get started, or online at myphdweightloss.com. Don't do this alone. The number, 864-644-1900, myphdweightloss.com. Can you um, help me out with one issue that really bugs me, Professor? Uh, I believe you don't have to be a Christian to be uh, an American, but America is founded upon Judeo-Christian values. And I've kind of had it with these Pre-1619, likewise, I deem it to be neo-Marxist spins that, oh, the founding fathers, they weren't Christians, they were deists, just look at Jefferson, and they believed in some watchmaker out in the, you know, distance, and they weren't really informed by Christianity, qua-Christianity. Who were the founding fathers in terms of their relationship to God?
1: Everyone in the 18th century, everyone. Everyone lived in a, in the Western world, lived in a predominantly Christian culture. Even those who questioned, who were what we would call today agnostics, um, who disputed the value of the established churches and felt they were a source of uh, controversy and problems and disputes and injustice in society, all of them were shaped by Christian culture it doesn't matter whether Jefferson indeed was a deist. I mean, there's no, no serious question about that. You
0: wouldn't that. otherwise cut the word God out of your Bible, if you would. No,
1: no. <laughs> and, and, and many of the, 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 the revolutionary leaders uh, were influenced by those Enlightenment ideas. But don't kid yourself. They lived in a predominantly Christian culture and their ideas were fundamentally Christian. Let me, let me take apart perhaps the most famous statement of the American Revolution and, and try to illustrate in this regard. Um, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator. a capital C. With a capital C, with certain inalienable rights, among which are the li- rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's not a de- that is not an, an agnostic. Ad- agnostic statement. Right. Um, it acknowledges a creator. In that culture, that meant the, the Christian God. but um,
0: And rights derived from him.
1: And rights, for, and, and what are those rights? The rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now,
0: Not the right to happiness, the right to pursue it as you define it.
1: Well, yes, as you define it, but that culture had an understanding of what that was. And here's a great, I mean, life we all understand, right? You have a right you know, to life. It's a natural right that is, it inherits in all people, in all times, in all places. That's what a natural right is. One of our problems today, by the way, is... So many Americans confuse natural rights and civil rights, which are quite different things. Yes. Um, we have a natural right to life, which includes a right to defend yourself if your life is in jeopardy and so forth. You um, have a right to liberty. And liberty is not a fuzzy term, it means the absence of restraint. By government or by the impositions of others, if if government promises to protect your liberty, it promises to protect you both from state action and from action of others which compromise your choices. But what is this pursuit of happiness? I mean, at the heart of American philosophy, this idea, um, because happiness, you know, happiness is a warm puppy, right? It's an ephemeral idea, you know. It's it's pleasure to us today almost of a trivial kind. Oh, this makes me happy. But in the 18th century, and in its true sense, happiness is not trivial. Um, Happiness is the satisfaction we get, and this this is based deeply in Christian culture, which every one of the men who signed that declaration understood in the idea of social responsibility, right? What does the book of Ephesians teach, right? The famous passage, everyone knows, right? Wives, be subject to your husbands. Husbands, be subject to your wives. But it's all prefaced by an injunction that we set aside our anger, that we love one another, and that we serve one another. The message of Ephesians, which is at the heart of Christian doctrine, is be subject to one another, which is the beautiful phrase in the book. Well, keep in mind, to us, subjection is... is not something we worry about so much, it doesn't important in our lives. But to an 18th century person, to a seventeenth century person uh, at the time of the translation of the King James Bible, when that word was used, subjection was what you was your relationship to royal authority. And it's a radical message. Be subject to one another. In other words, serve one another, ensure the the, the happiness of others. Serve one another the revolution calls on us to serve one another, to put aside many of our own selfish desires for the good of all, not for the good of the state, Mm -hmm. mind you. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, And and the revolution creates, it's important to understand, I, I don't want people to approach this book or to approach the American revolution thinking that the outcome of the revolution is the creation of a state. That's only one that is the federal government. Often we end the story there, and I do too. I end with the Adoption of the federal Constitution, but what has happened, in fact, is freedom from the overweening power of monarchical authority, which claimed authority over almost all aspects of life. Right. Uh, I mean, the culmination of the Revolution is the adoption of the Constitution and a Bill of Rights, which says government shall not do this. Right. Fundamental things that government promises never to do, um, and and those rights over. Two and a half and a half centuries have been extended to more and more people they are a beacon to people all over the world
0: the shining city on a hill the book is freedom by our in-studio guest professor jack warren jr i'm sebastian gorker if um, if you've been following my show for the five years now you'll know one of our best best friends and sponsors are the great people at relief factor now they have released a new product I'm super excited about it. I've been their guinea pig for nigh on five months now. It is a relief factor sleep. One of the most important things in life is to get a good night's sleep. Yes, you have to exercise, eat right, but if you don't get quality sleep, it affects everything about your health, physical and mental. This product is natural. It has no side effects. You don't wake up drowsy. My wife used to wake up before the sunrise. Is now sleeping till 6, 7 in the morning. That's crazy. And she feels just amazing after she wakes up. Find out for yourself. It's super easy. Call the number that we have been telling you about for five years now. 1-800-4-RELIEF or go to relieffactor.com slash sleep. Do yourself a favor to your loved ones and improve your health today. 1-800-473-5433. com slash sleep. That's com slash sleep. Are you tired of not getting a good night's sleep? Well, my friend Mike Lindell has created the perfect solution. He didn't just tarp out the pillow, he also created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets, made from the world's best cotton called Giza. These sheets are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. And now for a limited time you can get fifty percent off the Giza Dream Sheets with prices starting as low as twenty-nine ninety-eight in a variety of sizes and colors, and have a sixty-day money-back guarantee and a ten year warranty. Go to mypillow.com and click on on the radio square and use promo code G-O-R-K-A at checkout. You can also find deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper and the MyPillow towel sets. Don't wait any longer to get the best sleep of your life. Call 800-829-8468 or go to MyPillow.com now and use promo code Gorka. That's 800-829-8468 or MyPillow.com, promo code G-O-R-K-A.
2: Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic.
0: Bathed in red light, standing outside one of the most important buildings in America, Liberty Hall, flanked by Marines in their dress uniform, calling half the nation a threat, MAGA extremists. The current incumbent in the White House doubled down on that recently in a church in South Carolina when he labelled half the nation white supremacists. Can the republic survive, as we were warned by Founding Father? You have it for as long as you can keep it. No one better to answer that question than our in-studio guest for the Manhood Hour, the author of a beautiful new book. It's called Freedom, the Enduring Importance of the American Revolution. Professor Warren... um can you just help let, – let's let's dial down the heat and all the hysteria. But put into context what we've witnessed in just the last few days since Thursday in Texas, the governor standing up to the federal authorities saying, I have a responsibility, the people of my state, which, by the way, for a decade was its own country. Texas was a republic, its own country. And the idea that um, – this necessarily must lead to a civil war or whether people need to stop the hyperbole. We have a unique country. Yes, there are cantons in Switzerland, but the Republican system of states in America doesn't just allow, but does it not require of governors to take such action if the federal authorities are found wanting?
1: It it well may. I mean, the federal system is not unique, as you suggest, in the world, but it is one of the peculiar blessings of our country, it allows for local resolution of clearly local issues. Um, We have had a tendency over the last century and a half to nationalize more and more and more and frequently that leads to serious difficulty because the federal government can't necessarily balance the needs of Texas and those of Maine and Oregon. That's why we have a federal system and why it has served us well. the situation on the border and the situation, you know, I think what the governor is embodying is the frustration of people in his state and of his region of the country, which mirrors the frustration that Americans are feeling. Without, I'll broaden the, argument, the discussion a little bit here. Uh, Americans are frustrated across the board with the situation at the border. Yeah. Even though those who prefer a more open border don't like the the system that we have. Right. Uh, most Americans, every poll indicates, most Americans are frustrated.
0: Yeah, when with, when uh, the Democrat mayor of New York says the illegals being bust into our city by the feds are going to destroy New York, then it's across the political spectrum.
1: Right. But I, my suggestion to him, the mayor of Chicago and others, is stop calling your, your city a sanctuary Sanchez. if, in fact, you don't want to right. give sanctuary to a small percentage of the hundreds of thousands of people flowing across our border. Article 4, Section 4 of the United States Constitution guarantees to each state a Republican form of government, which all of them have, and it promises to protect them against invasion. And it's hard to imagine that the influx of undocumented, illegal immigrants into the country...
0: 12,000 a day.
1: ...isn't an invasion. It's not necessarily an armed invasion, but it does pose dangers to us of all kinds. And it is the responsibility of the federal government to defend the states. And, and if they won't, the governors need to do so. That's what's happening in Texas. But it reflects widespread frustration with a government which spends too much, which has too much red tape, which fails to teach young people fundamental skills an educational system which is fixated on sex and race. Um, you go down the list. You know, a nation which is is spiraling into the greatest debt in the history of the world. Um, all of these things are sources of frustration, and they feed into our politics. Uh, and they are not to be taken lightly, and they are not to be dismissed by politicians on either side as merely the voice of extremism. They are the voice of the American people.
0: And that dehumanizing language is dangerous in and of itself. When you call half a nation extreme, you have to ask the question first, why do they hold the views they hold?
1: Exactly.
0: Uh, Let's return to to the the nature of the American Revolution in your book, Freedom. Um, I had a discussion with Oz Guinness uh, in studio several years ago, and he said something fascinating. I'm curious what your reaction is. He said, people misunderstand that the, the, the models, the arguments of the last 250 years are between two visions of revolution, the American type of revolution and the French type of revolution, and one must understand the differences. One is based on eternal values and understand the role of the creator, of natural law, and the other puts man at the center, and that's the French Revolution, which of course will always lead eventually to what? Whether it's the death camps in the Soviet Union or whether it's the guillotine and, and Madame you know, Guillotine and, and the Grand Terror... Are there competing visions of revolution through history? Are these the two basic camps?
1: Those are. I wish I could tell you that I disagree and that we could have a, a debate, and, and, and but I, I don't. Those are fundamental differences. An atheistic revolution which is man-centered, which isn't based on eternal values and eternal truths, the, the truths which are celebrated in the idea of natural law provided by a creator, those are fundamental to the American Revolution. And those rights and natural rights, and the civil rights that we erect to facilitate them uh, and to facilitate civil society uh, those are fundamental to uh, the American system of government, not statism. The French Revolution stands for statism, yes. as do all of the revolutions that we should naturally abhor ever since all the godless ones right and, and the, but but Ours is totally different because it's not about government; it's about people and their rights, natural rights, and civil rights, and and its uh, the basic principles: personal independence, liberty—that is, the absence of restraint, equality—but equality before the law and equality of opportunity, not necessarily any guarantee of equality of condition. Yes, which has been slid into our the equity argument. The equity argument. You know, that the government must guarantee that. Only way the government can do that is, in fact, to adopt the French revolutionary model. And
0: the statist model.
1: The statist model, the Russian communist model, you name it.
0: Where the government decides who the winners and losers are. Exactly. Redistribution of wealth, which is actually theft. We're talking to the author of the fabulous work, Freedom, the Enduring Importance of the American Revolution. Uh, I, I guarantee right now you will not regret it if you buy this book for yourself, for your family, for your loved ones. Do it today. And please check out his website, AmericanIdeal.org. That's AmericanIdeal.org. We're coming to you from the Reliefactor.com studios just outside the insalubrious, fetid, rank, malodorous, noisome, ghastly swamp that is Washington, D.C. reliefactor it's real. It's real. It works. It is currently liberating over a million Americans from their daily pain, me included. Yes, I had a low back pain issue that plagued me for nine years, almost a decade. I took Relief Factor. Two weeks later, I was pain-free, and I'm still pain-free. I love saying this as of January 1st. Five years later... If you want to find out for yourself, there's only one way, but it's super easy. Order the three-week quick starter pack at relieffactor.com. It'll be at your door in three days or less, take it morning and evening like I do, and I promise you, Dr. G's guarantee. By the end of those three weeks, you will know whether it works for you, like it works for me and over a million of your fellow Americans. Call right now, one 800 for relief relieffactor.com. Write the number down, 1-800-473-5433, relieffactor.com. Reliefactor.com.
2: This is Dennis Prager. I am excited to announce the all new Pragertopia Plus. You can listen to my show whenever it's convenient for you, all commercial free and all on demand. Now with Prager Plus, search topics, guests, and segments all the way back to 2010. And now a truly exciting new benefit. My monthly online video get together for Pragertopia Plus members only. This is where, for an hour each month, Pragertopia Plus members get an exclusive chance to ask me anything. That's right, anything. It's on video. I'll be talking to you and answering your questions. We may even have a special guest every now and then. I've never done this. Submit your questions for me at pragertopia.com. This is only a Available to Pragertopia Plus members. This is our chance to connect like never before. Go to Pragertopia.com or click the banner at Dennis Prager.com. We
0: do do the deep dive, the long form, but. Um As the political and news junkies that we are, we um, stay abreast of breaking news. And we have so much to offer you. If you follow us on all the social media platforms, you won't miss a thing. Just plug my name, Seb Gawker, or Sebastian Gawker, onto Truth Social. President Trump. Did you see he reposted me about my new book on Thursday? That was so exciting. Truth Social, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Parler, it, Telegram. You can watch us. We are a TV show as well on the Roku, Fire Stick Devices, uh, uh, Samsung Plus, or you could just get the Salem News Channel app. And don't forget... For unique content written by me and direct access to me, that's my substack, sebastiangorka.substack.com. That's my whole name. as one word, sebastiangorka.substack.com. Professor, I could go on for hours. Hopefully, you'll come back and uh, join us again, or we can go through the book chapter by chapter.
1: It's a great story. It's, it, the, it's, it, the, it's the American it, epic, and only, well, the, only the beginning, too.
0: And it's the apotheosis of, of our civilization. I mean, America is, you know, the, the, the exemplar, the exemplar. Um, Let's give some homework to our listeners until next time. If people are rediscovering our nation beyond the standard works, let's start with yours, Freedom. Let's start with the Federalist Papers and give them a little bit of uh, On Democracy by de Tocqueville. Give us two more things that should be mandatory reading for those who want to discover or rediscover where they are living.
1: Well, try... You didn't ask me about this beforehand. What, to, what books do I really recommend? Um, the Radicalism of the American Revolution by Gordon Wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, a generation old now, but still, I think, one of the best books ever written about the American Revolution. Uh, it, it's a powerful work. The
0: Radicalism of the American Revolution,
1: Gordon Wood. Gordon Wood. Um, I recommend any of the works by uh, C. Bradley Thompson, who leads the S- Center for the Study of Capitalism and Clemson University. Uh, Give
0: us one title. Do you know, America's
1: what? Moral Revolution, a relatively new book by him, uh, really quite outstanding. Uh, I also believe, and uh, Brad will curse me for saying this, I, I, I am a big aficionado of Gary Wills, Inventing America, which is now almost 50 years old, um, which is a brilliant book about the Declaration of Independence.
0: All right. We have given the homework has been issued. Gary Wills. uh, We have Inventing America. We have C. Brady Thompson's uh, America's Moral Revolution. And then Gordon Woods, The Radicalism of the American Revolution. Three fine books, but that'll only get you started. Well, we have begun the discussion, and hopefully we will continue it with some regularity. But start with the pretty one. It's substantive, but it's also beautiful. It's freedom, the enduring importance of the American Revolution by our Manhood Hour. Guest today, Professor Jack Warren, Jr. Uh, I'm Sebastian Gorka. This has been the Manhood Hour. If you want to have sanity... Back in the White House, if you want to have security and safety, please support the president directly. Go to DonaldJTrump.com. That's DonaldJTrump.com. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, keep your head on a swivel, watch your six, hold the line, never give up, never give in, and stay frosty.
2: This is America
1: First with Sebastian Gorka.
2: Last night was a great night for the United States and for the world. A brutal killer, one who has caused so much hardship and death, has violently been eliminated. He will never again harm another innocent man, woman or child. He died like a dog. He died like a coward. The world is now a much safer place. God bless America. Thank you.
0: October 2019, the head of ISIS, al-Baghdadi, killed by Delta Force JSOC and members of our Special Operations Air Community. Died like a dog. The leader of an organization that had taken over from al-Qaeda after the loss of bin Laden and created the most successful jihadi insurgency of the modern age with a quote-unquote caliphate that spanned multiple nations in multiple regions of the world to include Nigeria with Boko Haram becoming an adherent. He was hunted down in Syria and killed like a dog the most dangerous terrorist the world had ever seen. We did the same with Qasem Soleimani, the director, the commander of Iran's proxy forces, who was visiting the prime minister of Iraq. And what did we do in the Trump administration? To send a message to the mullahs, the murderous, bloodthirsty mullahs in Iran... We turned him into red mist with a drone that is armed, not just with explosives, but with rotating razor blades that turned him into mincemeat. He had to be identified by one of his rings, one of the few things left intact after he was shredded into pieces. A man who was planning the attack of hundreds of U.S. servicemen. This weekend, after more than a hundred attacks on our military in the Middle East, since the October 7th slaughter of the innocents by Hamas, by jihadis again in Israel, three of our war fighters, two men and a brave woman, were murdered by Iran, by a drone strike. Where were they? Were they hostages in Gaza? Were they on a battlefield in Syria? No. They were in Jordan. Now, this is personal to me. I have very close ties to Jordan after my time in the Defense Department. In fact, I had, as students, the King of Jordan's sister, Princess Aisha, Brigadier, excuse me, General General. Aisha was one of my students, and one of the greatest counterterrorism professionals I ever met. General Araf al-Zaban was also one of my students, the commander of the 31st Battalion, one of the best counterterrorism units in the world, which, by the way, the king uh, was also commander of. I've spent time in Jordan as well. In Christmas of 2015, you can see a photograph of my daughter in the biggest refugee camp in the world at that time. A camp stretching as far as the eye can see, full of Syrians fleeing war. And we were invited there to see what our friends in Jordan were doing. Jordan is our closest ally in the Middle East after Israel. And um, we spent lots of time. We were invited by the royal family, by the princess, to the Special Forces Operations Training Center, Kassotic, King Abdullah's Special Operations Training Center, with Brigadier Al-Zaban and his colleagues, my son, my nephew, my wife, my daughter. We saw the facilities where they hold the annual Special Forces Special Operators International Contest, The Boeing in the middle of the desert that is used for hostage rescue scenarios. My young nephew from the UK was taught by the special forces on how to handle a sidearm. That nation should be safe for American troops to be stationed in. But it's not. Three of our war fighters were murdered. And what's the response from this administration? The man who was a disgrace to the Navy, officer, the Navy uniform he once wore, Kabul Kirby, said this. Play cut.
2: Well, Mika, no question there's going to be a response. And you heard that from the president yesterday. We, we will respond. Uh, but as we've done in the past, we're going to do it in a time and a manner of our choosing. Uh, we'll uh, we'll be careful. We'll be deliberate about this. Uh, and, uh, and, we'll, and the president will make the right decisions at the right time. Uh, we're certainly not going to telegraph punches to the Iranians or to these groups that they're backing.
0: If we were in the White House, the people responsible for that attack would be dead by now. We wouldn't say, we'll, we'll do something about it. We will decide what's appropriate. We didn't talk. We acted. When 300 Russians were running around Syria, destabilizing the region, we killed them. When chemical weapons were about to be used again against civilians by the Assad regime, we didn't invade. We deployed 52 cruise missiles and turned that airbase into a sheet of glass. We sent a message to dictators around the world. Cross that line, and we come down on you like the hammers of hell. The world is on the precipice, my friends, and I'd like my fellow Americans who are conservatives, who love America, to understand what we did in the White House under President Trump. I would like people like Candace Owens to appreciate the reality of the world and not to tweet things such as generation 9-11 has grown up and we aren't falling for this anymore. Our world has not been made safer, better or more secure by these never ending war crusades. That's as maybe. But here's my response to you and anyone who says a response is not demanded of America. Not all violence is inappropriate, Candace, unless, of course, you believe America doesn't have enemies who wish to destroy us. We didn't invade other countries, not for four years, because that's not what we believe. America first doesn't mean neoconservatism first. But when we see bad things happen that endanger our interests or the interests of our friends, we will kill Evil actors. Because sometimes foreigners must die. And when you kill our servicemen, I don't care why they're there. That's not an excuse to kill them. Who the hell do you think you are? DMing me saying, oh, well, what were they there to do with in the first place? I don't care. That's not my responsibility. I didn't send them there, but they're still Americans, like the Americans who are taken hostage as civilians by Hamas, who are still being kept hostages as that senile old cretin in the White House bumbles his way to the election. It is time to deal death to death dealers. That's what we did in the Trump administration. But don't hold your breath until January of next year, January the 21st. I'm Sebastian Gorka. You're listening to America First. We have a rather packed show for you today. If you miss any part of it, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast, whichever platform you prefer. Put in my name, Sebastian Gorka, leave a five-star review and support the president. Go right now to sebgorkastore.com Tell the world that you want safety and prosperity and support him directly at DonaldJTrump.com.